0: Hey Crypt Keepers, I want to tell you about our affiliation with Parabox. Parabox is a t-shirt subscription box with a twist. Each month, you'll receive a new paranormal soft-style tee and info card about that month's theme. The shirt and card will contain clues to finding a hidden password for use on their website. Correct entries get entered in a raffle for free gear. They're pretty dope shirts with designs about all your favorite paranormal stuff like Black Eyed Kids, Bigfoot, Nazca Lines. Uh, My favorite is a cool Battle of Los Angeles tee. The designs are actually silk screened onto a soft style tee, and we all know those are super comfortable. From the moment you open your pair box, you'll be so engrossed by the t-shirt, you'll forget there's a puzzle built into it. Each shirt contains a secret password. It can be in the form of codes, ciphers, riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems. Have fun exploring the design and putting the pieces together to figure out where to go next. You can find the link in the show notes, and we get a little kickback when you sign up for the box, so we would really appreciate it too. Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Cryptique. We're stepping off a little bit here. We're not covering the paranormal, but we have an amazing show. We ask that you subscribe and share the show on your favorite social media sites. And check out our Cryptalk TikToks. That's at Cryptique underscore podcast. Tonight, we welcome Anne connive the winner of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt Masters World Championship, and my daughter's Jiu-Jitsu professor. Welcome to the show, Anne. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh,
1: My name is Anne. I have been training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for over 13 years. I started in 2009. Um, I started when I was a sophomore in college. I was only 17 years old, so it's kind of crazy to think that everyone at the academy has known me since I was just a, a little crazy teenager.
0: Did you start at Gracie Humida?
1: I I did. I got really lucky. I was working at a tanning salon, and it, you know, it's just a bunch of teenage girls working there. And one of them trained with JW. She had a friend whose older sister trained with him. She was actually, the older sister was JW's first female black belt. So she had run the women's program before she moved away. Mm -hmm. Um, And the girl that I worked with was just like, hey, I do this really cool thing. You should come try it out with me. So I said, all right, well, I have nothing else going on. I'm free tonight. I'll check it out. And I just stumbled in there. So I had done no research. I didn't know the differences between any of the academies or gyms or options. So I got very, very lucky with that one. Tell
0: us uh, just a little bit about your education because you've done some amazing things.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, In elementary school, I joined a program. I was tested for a program called pegs it was programmed for exceptionally gifted students um, and when i was younger even in kindergarten i would always come home i ended up being moved directly into first grade from kindergarten because i would come home and tell my parents i'm so bored i don't want to go to school they don't teach me anything i don't already know i'm so bored i would make my mom <laughs> i wouldn't make her but I would ask her to make up math worksheets for me at night, so I would get home and she would just write out a bunch of math problems for me to do to entertain myself. I still love math, Uh, but in fourth grade, we did fourth and fifth grade work, and in fifth grade we did sixth and seventh grade work. So then I went directly from fifth grade to eighth grade.
0: That's pretty amazing. I'm lucky that I got to go to the next grade each year. (laughs) So you graduated at 15, huh?
1: Correct. I turned 16 the month after graduation. So luckily I could at least drive myself to college. That would have been a little awkward.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> had you ever played any other sports or done any any kind of uh, like self-defense or anything like that before jiu-jitsu?
1: I had not. When I was pretty small, I was on a swim team for maybe one year. I wasn't very competitive, I didn't win anything, um, so I enjoyed, you know, swimming for fun. But I never played any other sports. I was a theater, um, drama nerd in high school, so not very athletic. Definitely no self defense before this.
0: Did you have a passion for working out at all, or is that just something that you have to do to be as successful as you are in the sport or the art? Do you, I mean, it's considered a sport and an art, right? Correct.
1: Correct. Absolutely. It's both. I was never very serious into working out. Um, I actually, in high school, was a little bit self-conscious. I was on steroids. I had Crohn's, so I was on steroids, which obviously makes you puff up i had like the chubby cheeks i was always a little chubbier so i just started running before i ever trained Mm -hmm. jujitsu just to try and lose weight and be healthier but i had never done any sort of strength training or serious conditioning until after i started so i i think i was actually a purple belt i was probably five or six years in to training before i started lifting weights and actually doing the, the addition of strength training, which definitely makes a big difference.
0: Sure, gotcha. All right, so you went to UMSL, right? What, what did you do there?
1: Correct, I studied criminal justice and psychology. I also went, I have an honors college certificate from UMSL, um, so I have two bachelor's degrees. And I loved UMSL, I can't say enough good things about it there.
0: Well, that's great. Maybe they should uh, start a jujitsu club. One
1: hundred percent, they should. And I think <laughs> that that's one of my long term goals is to somehow find ways for there to be scholarships and things like that that weren't available, or and aren't available right now for people who train jujitsu.
0: Absolutely, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I want to hear a little bit about Gibson and Buddy.
1: <laughs> Well, I'm sure you'll hear them at some point tonight. Uh, Gibson is a Great Dane. I adopted him when he was three years old. Someone was trying to get rid of him. They didn't have enough space. Mm -hmm. And Buddy is a boxer-hound mix. He is four years old. He was a foster fail. Um, An entire litter of puppies, along with their mom, were surrendered. Mm -hmm. And I started fostering him no one showed any interest for probably a month, month and a half, and then by the time people started putting in adoption applications, I just found ways to think that none of them were good <laughs> enough and I realized that it was because I just was never gonna give him up.
2: <laughs>
1: That's great. I love it. That's him. awesome. <laughs> now you enjoy working
0: out. I do. I see. I do. do you lift, run? pilates yoga or do you just kind of have to do everything to be successful
1: it definitely needs to be a mix i no longer run very much because it's pretty hard on your joints so after Mm -hmm. a certain amount of time and jujitsu as much as it it's great self-defense it's very good for you but doing it long term and doing it competitively it can be a little bit tough on your body so i Mm -hmm. try to save my joints as much as i can so i don't run very much anymore But I lift weights three times a week and I do two days of conditioning, circuit training for cardio. Uh, And then Mm -hmm. I train, depending on the week and being out of town, things like that, five to eight times a week. Wow.
0: That's pretty crazy. (laughs) If jujitsu was like the NFL or the MLB, you'd be a professional athlete. So that's pretty cool. But you have to train like that. I mean, you know, the the people that get to the top levels of any physical sport are constantly training, so that's good to know. Now, you like reading and true crime podcasts, huh? I do. Do Do you have a favorite true crime podcast?
1: I listen to quite a few of them, uh, especially when I'm working out. That helps take my mind off of things. I really enjoy Crime Junkie. I Hmm. like how they're it's always very serious. I enjoy the humor as well, but I like that they are bringing awareness to various things and there's always a cause behind their podcasts. Uh, I listen mm-hmm. to My Favorite Murder. That one's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> let see what else. I also really enjoy Something Was Wrong. That one's more of like gaslighting and manipulation and crazy stories. And it's just hard to believe what some people out there will do and what some people have been through.
0: It is i I did a true crime podcast for about a year, and mm. then I just you know everything was doom and gloom and murder, and just i I got to the point where I'm like, I just really don't want to,
1: yeah, that would wear on you it.
0: so now, looking at you, no one would know because we just found out about your workout schedule. <laughs> you say you have a you say you have a cookie addiction. what are your favorite cookies? Yes.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, you can't go wrong with the classic chocolate chip. I actually just had an official logo made, a Professor Ankenai Jiu-Jitsu logo, and it is a giant chocolate chip cookie wearing a black belt. (laughs) So I will be (laughs) showing that soon. Um, So I love classic chocolate chip. If there is a crumble cookie anywhere near anyone, those are amazing. Their pina colada cookie is just to die for. I'll try just about any kind of cookie. If it's warm and gooey, that's even better.
0: Well, so you you train so much. I mean, how often do you really get to eat cookies? Because I do almost every day, <laughs> but I'm not training to be a jujitsu champion. So
1: it entirely depends on competition schedule. So right now, with the holidays, I haven't been competing. I haven't. My last tournament was. Uh, let's see. It was September, very beginning of September. So mm-hmm. I do eat some sort of dessert. I just I feel like I can't go to bed without dessert. So I eat something, whether it's cookies, ice cream, even just the Reese's, basically every night. If there's a tournament coming up, obviously, unfortunately, that has to stop. I'm really strict on my diet. I try to tone things in for a couple months ahead of time, and then be very serious and actually cutting weight for four weeks out. Well,
0: that's a great point. How do you cut weight? Because I see guys like, you know, in UFC and stuff, and it, it seems like they weigh in and, you know, they weigh at like 145 and a third. And then when they actually fight, you know, a day or two later, it seems like they've put on you know 10 pounds in a couple days oh, yeah. so it's can you do that when you're like cutting weight
1: not with the bigger tournaments there might be some small local tournaments where you could weigh in the night before for jiu-jitsu but any of the big IBJJF so the world championships the master world championships the pan championships anything from the IBJJF which are the biggest tournaments you have to weigh in right before your match so You'll have anywhere from 10 minutes to maybe someone doesn't show up or something like that. There's a technical difficulty. It could be maybe an hour and a half or so. So there's you do not have a full day to try to rehydrate. You can't cut yourself down just by dehydrating the same way you could for MMA. That would be a terrible, terrible day.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into a little bit about the history of jujitsu. So, how are Japanese jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, and Gracie style Brazilian jujitsu similar or different?
1: Okay. I have I knew I would get in big trouble if I messed up any of the history because <laughs> our our professor JW is a giant history buff. I like to give him trouble that it's because he's old, so he's lived it all. But uh, I made sure that I got a confirmation on all of my history lessons. So we're going, we're t- taking it way back in time here to 1800s Japan. Okay. The samurai period. Or I should say, after the samurai period, Japan wanted to westernize. So all of the things that were related to the samurai, including training jiu-jitsu became unpopular it was looked down upon because they wanted to be more western hmm. so they started sending delegates out to various western countries deciding how they wanted to run their government um, who they wanted to kind of model themselves after um, in 1866 kano was born and he created the teaching methodology of judo so judo is also very popular especially in japan so he developed a teaching methodology and these techniques were actually just their jujitsu techniques he was taking the same things that had already been done but he developed a way to teach it in order to try to get it put into the school system so as an extracurricular so the students could actually learn judo So even though it was the same techniques, he formatted it and called it Judo, which then became very popular over in Japan. Some people still trained Jiu-Jitsu, and there were actually sometimes um, fights between Jiu-Jitsu schools and Judo schools. There was a really big one to decide who could take over training the police force, and Judo actually won that one. Mm -hmm. But one of his students, a man named Maeda, there is... I know he has a book. There's a really good book. I think it's called The Toughest Man Alive. Um, and it's about Maeda and his journeys. So he was one of Kano's students. And he started, he was one of his best students. He started traveling um, and spreading judo, technically. That's what he was training under Kano. So he was traveling around. He ended up in Brazil and he was taking fights for money. So he was doing challenge matches and things like that, trying to make money from the sound of it. He was really good at earning a bunch of money and then spending it all, taking another fight to earn some money. But he knew.
0: A way to make a living.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But I guess if you have that mindset, um, he knew that it would be looked down on if his instructor found out he was taking these fights because judo is, Uh, very honor based that's really big in the japanese culture so he Mm -hmm. didn't want it to get back that he was taking these challenge fights so he started using an alias when he would fight it was count como and he said he was a jiu-jitsu fighter so back then there was no internet it's not like his picture was going to be posted everywhere so if it word spread that this guy was winning all of these fights if it said it was a jiu-jitsu fighter named count como it wasn't going to get traced back to him. So that's why in Brazil, it started out as jiu-jitsu, because he was saying he was calling himself a jiu-jitsu fighter, technically okay. still the same techniques as judo and jujitsu, Japanese jiu-jitsu before that. He ended up, uh, teaching the Elio and Carlos Gracie, who Elio is the founder. We're in Gracie Humida. So that's Elio Gracie. And then his son, Hoyler is our professor. Mm-hmm. Um, So he ended up teaching them, I think there were five brothers, and then they started teaching in Brazil. So sorry, I just went on a very long long history tangent, but.
0: No, that's great. I think probably anybody that's out there has heard the name Hoist Gracie. Right. And so he kind of popularized, I mean, obviously, you know, there were a lot of people out there that were into jujitsu and judo before him. But when he came on the stage in UFC and yes. was to be people that are a hundred pounds heavier than him, does is the Gracie style different than just, you know, your normal BJJ or.
1: I don't necessarily, I don't want to say that it's different, but they absolutely did find ways to modify the techniques and help a smaller person defeat a larger person elio gracie was always very small so Mm -hmm. you have a different mindset and a different you come at things um, with a different view i guess you could say if you're smaller you have to handle things a little differently because you need to keep yourself safe first and you have to use leverage rather than just strength so absolutely they did format techniques to be able to help a smaller person overcome a bigger person
0: well that makes sense okay you're in Rio. You got to go down a dark alley. <laughs> Who are you taking with you? I think I'm taking Hoyce. Oh my goodness. Even at his age.
1: I think you'd be pretty safe with all of them. I, I personally would have to say Hoyler because I feel very comfortable with him. Um, but I don't think you, I don't think there's a bad choice, honestly.
0: Are there any pillars or specific philosophies, um, I know you mentioned kind of the Bushido code earlier. Um, Is there any specific philosophies or like pillars of BJJ that, you know, kind of get into the uh, psychological, spiritual, mental aspect of
1: things? I think the biggest thing is that jujitsu is called the gentle art. So yes, we are fighting, but... The idea behind it is that we can find ways to control our opponent so much that we don't have to hurt them. So you could get to a position that is so dominant that you've kept yourself safe, you have subdued another person, but you don't have to punch them in the face. You don't have to knock them out. You can just control them and then keep both of you safe, essentially.
0: Yeah, and then everybody walks away. One person, hopefully to, to a jail cell, but everyone walks away I I think that's important too and you know it may sound sexist but I I think that's kind of important for women that like guys grow up and it's like oh punch the guy in the face if he said something to you you know right and I, I think that yeah bringing in the fact that you can be successful you can defend yourself you don't have to shoot somebody you don't have to stab somebody you know and everyone walks away.
1: Right. So. Especially these days, you're legally responsible for whatever happens. And if, if it's self-defense, you have to do what you have to do, but just knowing that there will be consequences. Absolutely. All right. So what makes
0: BJJ the ideal choice for women's self-defense as opposed to a striking art?
1: Again, I think a lot of it is the emphasis on finding ways to use our technique and leverage rather than our strength. You don't necessarily have to have a lot of power behind the things you're doing. If you do them correctly, they still will work regardless of your size and your opponent's size. Of course, you will have to take that into account. So there might be techniques that I would use against someone similar to size in me that i wouldn't use against someone bigger i would need to have a different option for them but Mm -hmm. it does enable you to use your whole body and use your timing technique and leverage rather than just horsepower
0: i'm a pretty average size guy Um, ryan's a a bigger guy but yeah i mean it's great for men too because obviously at some point if you're you know out there, you could. It's probably not going to be somebody who's a lot smaller than you that comes up and right. wants to fight you. It's generally going to be somebody that's bigger or stronger or thinks they're stronger. So jujitsu is not just a ground game, right? I mean, you mentioned judo, but there, like I saw uh, J.W. one time teaching people how to disarm somebody who is coming at them with a knife. So there's disarming techniques. Throws? Are there any strikes?
1: Yes. We will sometimes, we don't do it quite as often, um, but we will sometimes train using the strikes. Sometimes that could be to close the distance, using kicks to create distance, things like that. So it's a lot of distance management with the strikes and of course learning how to defend the strikes and surprise attacks, things like that. So we do a lot from the feet as well.
0: You have been gracious enough to join us because you have a message and you're trying to accomplish things and help the community and specifically to you know help women's self-defense. Just tell us, you know, what you're wanting to accomplish and how you're trying to go about it.
1: So my goal is to bring awareness to women's jujitsu, the field of self-defense, the opportunities there are to learn self-defense. I think it's underrepresented a lot there are so many sports out there that have big corporate sponsors everyone knows the major baseball players the basketball players things like that and they're they're great i don't mean this to sound negative in any way but they're playing a game jiu-jitsu is something that could literally save your life and we don't have big corporate sponsors we don't have a lot of media coverage there aren't college jiu-jitsu teams or anything like that there are sometimes clubs right i think if more women knew the opportunities they had to learn self-defense it would make the world a better place honestly so i'm just trying to bring awareness i love teaching self-defense so i would love the opportunity to teach as many people as i can whether that's going to a corporation and teaching their employees whether that's going to a store not Nike, but to use Nike, for example, if they were to bring me into their store and then tell their whole community, we're having this seminar and everyone's welcome to come. you know, if they would sponsor me to go to different locations and teach people in the community, that would be amazing just to bring awareness to jujitsu and women's jujitsu in general.
0: Okay. So what would it look like if I had a store and I said, yeah, let's do this. Come in. You know, we clear out some space on the floor and you give kind of a, a rundown like you're talking about now, maybe a little history or whatever, and then and teach some moves. Is that, you know, where you're where you're going with this? Because I talked about it at my work and we were trying to figure out a way it's all hardwood floors everywhere. So that that kind of presented an obstacle. If you're going to be on the ground, you know, you want to pads, you don't want to be on a hardwood floor. so
1: That would be entirely up to every business and person's comfort level. Of course, I could just talk about various concepts of self-defense, but I think that actually participating helps so much more just to feel what your body is capable of and become a little... You're not gonna remember everything from learning at one time, but if you get comfortable in your own body and feeling how you can move, I think that makes such a big difference. But even having concrete or hardwood floors, it doesn't matter because you don't have to be on the ground for a lot of the self-defense techniques. So a lot of the biggest ones that i teach first to people are you know getting your wrist free if someone tries to grab your wrist and drag you away if someone tries to grab you from in front or from behind when you're standing so you don't necessarily have to have a mat for a lot of those things Um, it would be perfectly fine on a harder floor so okay
0: well that's that's good to know because that was kind of an obstacle but yeah that makes sense and and yeah you're going to want to you know you don't want to start off with a you know someone in guard and you're trying to sweep and all that you want to start off like hey this could happen to you somebody could grab your arm and try and pull you into a van or something so this is how you get out of that and then they come to the academy and learn
1: all about the rest yes so. just get their feet wet get an idea of what it's about and one of one of the biggest things I've should have mentioned this I love to teach this initially too is just how to stand up correctly we call it standing in base so you don't get knocked back down over and over okay
0: well I can tell you from experience that my daughter Lainey is very hard to make happy there's <laughs> not a lot of things she likes and I was a little surprised when I said hey let's go check out this jujitsu class and see if you like it and she said okay and I was like great wow that was easy and she's kind of turned into a gym rat ever since I mean she loves going there and one of the things I like is that everybody there is a teacher it's not a competition and you know the yellow belts teach the white belts something the Blue belts teach the gray belts. And then obviously it goes all the way up, but everybody works together and there's no competition like, haha, I beat you, or, you know, that nobody's trying to hurt anybody. It's everybody, it, it's like a team, it's a team environment and it's a great place to be. And it, it's really changed her life. I mean, she just absolutely loves it. She loves you, she loves all the people there. But You know, everybody is just so caring. It's not what a lot of people expect, I think, when they think about taking a self-defense class. They think of, you know, big muscular tattooed guys (laughs) that want to punch you in the face, and it's just not like that.
1: Right. We have a very mentoring style school, and that stems all the way from the top, but ever since I have been there, it has always been very welcoming everyone wants to help the next person and in the end that's how we all get better if i use something to beat you and i teach you how to stop that then i have to evolve and now find the next step so it just helps everyone progress in the end it's just a great environment in general that makes me happy to hear
0: all right so true or false jiu-jitsu unites mind body and spirit true absolutely True or false? It's a full body workout.
1: Definitely true. <laughs> you will use muscles you did not know you had.
0: Yes, I see the warmups that you guys do where you're sliding your hips in and out and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I just think it would take me, you know, five classes just to learn how to do that.
1: You so. know what? That's completely fine.
0: All right. So jujitsu is effective for all body shapes, sizes, ages, and physical abilities. True or false? True. Jujitsu is a bonding experience with other women from every walk of life.
1: True. Absolutely. One of my favorite things, I'm sorry, this is another tangent. um, I recently had someone ask me what was my biggest takeaway or the biggest thing I've learned in all my years of training. And this might seem surprising to say, because of course the self-defense and the actual techniques, but I think it has helped me learn how to relate to anyone. I, I just accept people for who they are, whatever quirks they have. We have so many different people, just a bunch of us weirdos who like to come in and choke each other and get choked. So you just learn to appreciate everyone for exactly who they are.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very inclusive environment. I mean, like I said, all different ages, body types, goals. I mean, you don't have to have the goal to be a tournament champion to take jujitsu and enjoy it. I mean, it's it's really for everybody. So do you have any stories about friends or students or personally where someone was actually attacked and and used BJJ to defend themselves?
1: I know a few, uh, I hope I don't get any facts wrong, one of them is pretty easy, This it was nothing too crazy, but it was my nephew, he was being bullied on a school bus, and he, you know teenagers, he doesn't train anymore, he's too busy, as has his other things he likes, but he trained a little bit when he was younger and someone was bullying him, and he did one of the self-defense techniques that we teach, where he pushed the kids, arm got behind him and basically put him in a kimura not hurting him but holding his arm in place to where the kid could no longer pester him so that made me very proud as the ant, again that's a way to subdue someone without actually hurting them um another story this is second hand it was one of our purple belts he this has been quite a while he was dating someone and just showed her some basic self-defense basic collar choke just some simple things from Mm jujitsu they were no longer together quite a bit of time had gone by and she called him up and told him she wanted to thank him because she had been on a date with someone else they were trying to force themselves on her and all she could think to do was put her hands in the collar of the shirt and try to choke him like our student had Shown her so much, so many years before, and it scared the person enough that they backed off and left her alone. So, I think that's an amazing, amazing story. It's terrible that she had to use that, but it's great that she had that knowledge.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to try and put this uh, professionally. If someone is trying to force themselves upon a woman or man, this is going to be your effective way to get out of that because you know besides the choking in the in the training that you get if someone's trying to rape you I'll just come out and say it you're going to probably end up on the ground or on a chair or a bed or whatever and I see it all the time in MMA if people don't have a jujitsu background they are lost when they're on their Mm -hmm. back and this in BJJ like one of Laney's favorite things is getting people in a closed guard right and it teaches you from any position your body is in how to get out of it and you know basically fend off whoever's trying to harm you so That is a a great aspect of it because, you know, I mean, if you take karate, they're not going to teach you a whole lot of, you know, fighting off your back. And if you take, you know, a a cardio kickboxing class, that's great for getting in shape. But in reality, it's not going to be the best self-defense. So
1: I would argue that Lainey might be most dangerous from the bottom position from her back. Choking all the (laughs) boys.
0: We see people, you know, throwing up submissions from their back all the time. And, and that's, I think, what sets Brazilian jiu-jitsu apart is that when you are at your weakest point, lying on your back with someone over the top of you, you have options. So that's pretty cool. So tell us a little bit about the academy that you teach at.
1: I teach at Gracie Humida St. Louis. It's in Weldon Springs. We actually have quite a few affiliate academies all over the Midwest, but specifically locally, we have Gracie Humida Eureka and Wentzville. So it's really nice. Um, we can cross train a little bit and get to train with a bunch more people. Uh, it's run by J.W. Wright. He has been a black belt longer than I have even been training. He's a fourth degree black belt now, so technically he is a master of jiu-jitsu. And I do sometimes, just to be a smart ass, refer to him as, yes, master.
0: (laughs) Um, And and you guys are, are you boyfriend and girlfriend, dating? We are engaged. engaged,
1: we are engaged. We are getting married this October. So I will only have a weird, hard to pronounce last name for a few more months. (laughs) then it will be much easier. Um, Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but I think he's great. I think he has done a wonderful job creating the atmosphere at our school. We have kids' classes for four- to six-year-olds for seven and up. We have women's-only classes, fundamentals classes, 7 a.m. classes, 11.30 a.m. evening, weekend. So there's no excuses right you could come at any time and there will be a class for you we've grown a lot even so far just this year i think january is always a big month people are trying to push themselves to be motivated and start the new year off right so we've been growing we've had really awesome fundamentals classes on mondays and wednesdays lately it's just a great place to be it's a ton of fun it's addicting
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very obvious that, you know, you and JW, particularly, and and the others too, really enjoy dealing with the kids, like, you you can tell that you guys are having a lot of fun, which makes it fun for the kids, and, you know, they, it's exercise, it's jujitsu practice, and sometimes it's dodgeball,
1: (laughs) Yes, that is the the part I am the worst at. (laughs) There's a reason I don't play the sports with the balls, just with just (laughs) jujitsu. Right. But yeah, they do have a lot of fun.
0: So you can learn jujitsu for self-defense, physical fitness, and even up to competition. You guys have training for the beginner to almost the master. Feel free to correct me, but you're trying to raise money and awareness help people that are maybe less fortunate. Am I wrong in that? Or is that something that was one of your goals originally to try and provide perhaps like a scholarship or something for someone to go to the academy?
1: I am trying. My thought initially with scholarships was actually a little bit bigger than that. I mean, actual like university scholarships. Oh. If there were companies who would want to provide sponsorships for women to come to the academy, of course, that would be absolutely wonderful as well. Right now, my main thought process was just basically trying to put myself out there, teach seminars, teach in the community. Um, And then this is, it's a very long-term goal and I realize that, but I just, I think it would be so cool if, let's say Lainey goes to college and she's a purple belt at that point. What if she could get a scholarship in exchange for teaching a once a week self-defense class for women at the college? That where else do you need it more? Who else would deserve a scholarship more than someone who is helping keep people safe? I just, I I think it's it's so unfair that it's underrepresented.
0: Ryan's got ghosts in his house that his dogs bark at, so.
1: Yeah, I was listening to your podcast this morning while I worked out and how animals are way more in tune with things than we are
0: absolutely. I agree. Yeah, we love people here. Where can we watch the matches that you were in?
1: There are a few of them on YouTube. Most of them, unfortunately, are on Flow Grappling, and I don't mean that unfortunately like it's a bad site, but you do have to have a membership, and it's you can only purchase yearly memberships. So a lot of them are only available on Flow, which kind of stinks, uh, but there are a few on YouTube as well. So if you just search for my name on YouTube, you can find some of them.
0: How do you spell it?
1: A N N K N E I B as in boy.
0: All right, Ryan, you've kind of been shut out this whole time. <laughs> I apologize. What would you like? To, Ryan is going to be a father soon. Oh, He's ooh. going to have a daughter.
1: oh So. Congratulations.
0: When should he, when should he start her we, in jujitsu?
1: We generally. Thank you. <laughs> We generally recommend starting kids around four (laughs) years old. It depends a lot on the individual child and their attention span. So most of our four to six-year-old classes, it's not like we're teaching them crazy detailed techniques, but it's a lot of body mechanics. How can we fall safely? How do we stand up correctly? A lot of games where we're trying to push or pull our partner and learning our balance, things like that. Um, Sometimes we have some six-year-olds who actually take the seven and up class because they just can focus really well and things seem to click for them. They have a great attention span, so they'll stay and do both, but generally around four years old is when we start.
2: Okay. Yeah. I do want to have her in something because I think it's good for all the reasons you've already been talking about. And I'm sure I mentioned it. I know I mentioned it to you, Jay, but I did help teach a self-defense class high school for a while and no you never told me that story (laughs) but yeah I myself was never I was interested in martial arts but never took any myself I had friends who did taekwondo or karate or whatever else and I would go to their lock-ins and I would learn whatever anybody would teach me and then when I did this self-defense class it was mainly just because I was so big I was you know, in high school, I was six foot two and one hundred and eighty pounds. So the guy was like, "Oh, you'll be perfect. You know, you're you're exactly the size of <laughs> no. the kind of guy we want to teach these people to beat up." And I was, and I was pretty good at just, you know, he would do something and then I would do it back. I was really good at mimicking. So I would actually like to learn a little bit more myself and then be able to kind of have that be a, a common interest with my future child, which is still weird to say.
1: (laughs) I think that's a great plan. I think you both should try it out.
2: That's
0: interesting. I didn't know that you were a professional fight trainer, Ryan. That's good to know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, we had to weed out the kids who were doing like Dragon Ball Z yelling and screaming. But after that, it was fun. It was actually kind of oddly rewarding to run into some of the girls outside of that class. And have them be like, oh, can I show my friends the thing? And then have them, like, chuck me <laughs> about eight feet.
0: Nice. The point that we're trying to get out about jiu-jitsu in general is try it. And I know you guys have a free class. Yes. So get your girlfriends together. You know, give them a call and say, hey, I'm coming in with five people tonight and you'll be all set and and one thing i'd like to say too is that at your academy there's plenty of actual professors it's not just like you know a a gray belt teaching a white belt or yellow whatever there's a lot of high-ranking people and and a lot of people at least a couple people uh recently got a brown belt right so you've got people moving up
1: yes we're Again, I keep saying I'm very lucky, but as an academy, we're really lucky with the level of instruction and the higher level belts, the depth that we have in the school, for sure. I think, including all of the other school owners and affiliates, I think JW has somewhere like 25 or 26. I might even be low with how many black belts he has. So,
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So do you have plans to become a jujitsu master?
1: Well, I sure hope so. I don't plan on ever quitting. So eventually I will I will become old and wise <laughs> and also be a master, quote unquote, someday. I will never know as much as the people who have come before me, of course. But I would like to stick with it and just uh, continue learning and earning as I go.
0: So the belts yeah. are a little different. In BJJ, Most people are used to seeing, you know, white, yellow, orange, blue, purple, brown, black, but there's a lot of different belts in BJJ. And it's not like, you know, karate, you can say, hey, I want to take my, you know, blue belt test. And you do a series of, you know, punches and kicks. It's done basically by, by time, right? Like hours put in.
1: It's a lot of things, but the the biggest part of it is your ability to apply what you have learned. So you might be a blue belt for six years, and then all of a sudden something clicks and you get your purple belt. I think I was a white belt for over three years, and then I spent about two years in all the other belts because it just wasn't clicking for me at first i wasn't learning as fast Mm -hmm. so you're judged based on yourself you're never judged compared to someone else it's how well you are able to take the things you learn and apply them in real life so when we're sparring and people are actually trying to resist how you're able to apply the things you've learned and how far you yourself have come so i have very different goals from someone who just Wants to do it as a hobby, or is maybe older than I am, or has some physical limitations. So you're never compared to someone else. You don't have to be able to do what they can do, but it's showing the improvement in yourself. And
0: that makes sense. What do you think, Ryan?
2: Ditto. I don't think anything differently than you. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just along for the ride still.
0: All right. So, and let us know everywhere. we can find you. Where do you want people to go to find out how to be a sponsor, find out how to get you to come to their business and anything else you want to talk about? Just give us a list.
1: Okay. My website would be the biggest one. That's anknib.com. So a-n-n-k-n-e-i-b.com. That will have the biggest amount of information my instagram is BJJ. so again my full name .bjj you can find me there send a message there i try to be very responsive on all fronts my website has a link to the youtube page the youtube page is ann does jiu jitsu cool
0: so are you available if maybe there's somebody out there that is you know just has social anxiety or you know doesn't feel comfortable in a group setting are you available to do private lessons for people if they want to
1: yes i think that's one of the best ways to learn especially the self-defense techniques because then you can feel exactly what i'm doing and i can put myself in a good position as the partner sometimes it's harder to be the partner and maybe ryan knows about this as the guy who got thrown around a lot sometimes (laughs) it's harder to react correctly as the partner so private lessons are a great way to get started
0: yeah the girls the other day got to uh you showed them how to do like a hip talk yes. and you let them all throw you and they're like one more time one more time one more time and you're like uh, I've been thrown like 63 times tonight that's that's enough."
1: So. <laughs> yes they were all very excited nice. about that but again I have learned how to fall through all of my years so I'm happy to take that fall for people who might not necessarily know how to fall safely <laughs>
0: well that's always good so <laughs> all right does anybody have anything else they want to express ask a question anything like that or we good
1: i just want to say thank you guys very much for having me i really appreciate it
0: well thanks for coming on yeah so check it out check it out gracie Humida. and i guess we'll be back with you next week with another episode thanks so much for joining us tonight on cryptique Go ahead and smash that subscribe button and share on social media. You'll be helping to support women's self-defense and physical fitness. Check out our CrypTalk TikToks at Cryptic underscore podcast. And email us your scary stories. We'll read them on the air. We'll talk soon. Good evening, CryptKeepers.